Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for the Kutel office after a vacation during the Yantif of Pesach. We're continuing in Yoridea, Chelek Shein, Hilchish Shavuos, Halacha Beis. We're in the middle of paragraph of Dalid. We're up to the subparagraph, Viesh Lerames, Shabishhulze, Kro'u es Horosho, Vachelek Bishem Zokin Ashmai. In my version, one of the latest versions, it's page Lamed Aleph, page 61, the right-hand column all the way on top of the page. We dedicate the learning today, Leila Nishmas, Yentafradl Bas Rabbi Shuarie, Harini Kapras Mishkova, and for a complete Rafu Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bas Galia, Edith Bas Miriam Reindel, Michal Sora Bas Hadassa, Michal Esther Bas Ruhia, Yitgenendel Bas Sipoira, Lebelea Bas Sipoira, Yaakov Yeshua Ben Feindel Rechel, Shlemenisa Menazel, Avram David Ben Chana, Soregipo Bas Chana Riva, Hindachasa Bas Chana, Miriam Esther Bas Soregipo, David Lei Ben Shena, Boros Mordechai Ben Tali, Soregipo Bas Chavaliba, Shpiranachum Afega Bas Chavaliba, Avigail Brocha Bas Shirad Voira, Chaim ben Rachel, Chaim Arye ben Bracha, Simcha Sora v'Asahuva, Chub Yitzvi ben Chayaliza, Sora Rachel v'Asius v'Hendel, David ben Behia, Shendel v'Asleya, Behia v'Asya v'Ashendel, Eliana Golda v'Aschanathega, Ayelet Shoshana v'Aschanaleya, Yisrael ben Chanaleya, Ella v'Asora, David Chaim Ben Ella, Rivka Chana Bas Shoshana, Tami Ben Chai Ben Yehuda Skila, Daniel Ben Rivka, the third star of Chayla Yisrael. Ve'yesh l'rameiz she'bishvil zer k'ra'u es ha'roshra v'ha'chayleik b'shem zokin ashmaim. Rav Mosenthal is in the middle of discussing the halacha of showing respect to an older person based on the Pasuk Mepnei Seva Sokum Vahodata Pnei Zokin, where the Gemara expounds on that, and the Gemara says that I might have thought that this even applies to a Russia, a complete Russia. And Rav Mosenthal said this refers especially to one who is choylek against the tzaddik. Or says that that's not the case. That's why it says that it refers only to one who shows respect to the zokin of kedusha. Rav Nosendal says Lerames, This is to hint to us that the real Russia is one who opposes the true tzaddik. And that's why the Gemara uses this term, Zokin Ashmai, Hepech Hanismochim Alatzadikoemes, to show that this is the opposite of those who rely and depend on the true Tzadik. She'alehem Nemar, about those people, the Pasuk says, Hoida Hashem Nefesh Avodov, Veloyeshmu Kolachesimboi. Hashem redeems the souls of his servants. 
And those who rely on him, those who rely on the tzaddik, the true servant of Hashem, will not falter. Lo yeshmu. So they are lo yeshmu, and the one who is chaylik in the, against the tzaddik is called zokein ashmai. But a person who separates himself, who disengages himself from the true tzaddik, who nikra ashmai, the Gemara uses the term ashmai, loshen oshom, like the word oshom, which is one of the terms used to refer to a sinner, hepech hachoysim beseil hatzadok oemis, which is the opposite of those who bask in the shade of the true tzaddik, shehein bechinas about them, the Pasuk says, velo yeshmu kol hachoysim boi, that those who rely on him, those who depend on the true tzaddik, are in the category of lo yeshmu. They will not sin. But one who opposes the true tzaddik is called ashmai. Because he is sinning in a major way against Hashem and against the Holy Torah, since he has separated himself from the true tzaddik, the true tzaddik who is the source, the root, the roots, and the source of life for everyone. All life originates from Hashem, but Hashem passes it on to the world through the tzaddik, via the tzaddik. There are people who hear this and they'll say this is kfira, intermediary. This is not intermediary, chas <clears throat> This is the terminology that's used in the Gemara, in the Zohar HaKadosh, that the, the Hashem shines his light into the world through his midos, and all of the midos feed into the Malchus via the Esoid, via the Esoid, which is the Tzadik. The Tzadik is called Tzadik Yesoid Oilam. And this explains also why when the brothers of Yosef HaTzadik, when they confessed their sin and they were apologizing over the fact that they opposed Yosef HaTzadik, he represents the true Tzadik. Amru, they said, Aval Ashemim Anachnu, but we are guilty, we're the guilty ones, alachinu, regarding our brother. Note they use this term, osham, like zoken ashmai. Because this is where the main guilt lies, when a person opposes the true tzaddik. As we explained earlier, which is the opposite of that those who, who are under the protection and under the guidance of the true tzaddik, they will never be guilty. And that's why the, the, the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch use this term to refer to a major Russia, Nimza, now we understand 
why these two parts of the Pasuk are put together, which at first glance don't seem to, to have a connection. The fact that the Torah puts together mipnei seva tokum, together with v'chodarto pnei zokim, loimar, to teach us, she'ikar kimo v'hidur b'fnei habal seva, urak misha husomuch lahazokim v'kdusha, that the real mitzvah of standing up for an older person and showing respect for an older person applies only and especially to one who is close to the true tzaddik, who is called the Zokin Dikdusha, the holy elder. The Hainu shall call upon him And or at least we're talking about a person who doesn't directly oppose the true tzaddik. He's not against the true tzaddik. If he's choylik against the true tzaddik, he doesn't deserve any respect. And this is also why the Shulchan Aruch tells us that what's called an older person that we're required to stand up for and to show this respect, a person who's 70 years old and older. This corresponds to the 70 interpretations of the Torah. That's called this beauty of the face. It's called Shivim Ponim Shel Torah, the 70 faces of the Torah. Which the holy elder, the tzaddik, is Zoycha to these 70 faces of the Torah. So you would think that this means that I'm only required to respect a rabbi if he's 70 years or older. Rav Nosal says, no. The, the Zokin, the holy elder, the Talmud Chacham, is Zoycha to these 70 faces of the Torah to perfection even when he's young. As the Gemara in Kiddushim, uses the term yanik v'chakim, that there are people who are young and very wise. <laughs> Whereas ordinary people who are not great they only receive a, a, shy, a ray of light from these 70 faces of the Torah when they reach the age of 70 years old. But even this, even the Jews who are 70 years old, even they cannot receive this light of the Torah with other than via the Tzadik Ha'chias. It's from him that we draw our main spiritual life, Shehu Ho'emes, which is the real truth. Shehi Ikra Hashem Dikdusha. And that's the real concept of, of a name, having a good name and, and respect, holy respect. This beauty of the face. This, again, this terminology is applied to the Talmud Chacham Amiti, to the truth Sadiq. 
And therefore, in order for a person to deserve this respect, he cannot be in this category of which means especially a person who opposes the true tzaddik. Because the main reason why we're standing up for and showing respect to an elderly person who's 70 years old or older than that is because we're assuming that throughout this person's life, if he's already lived in this world for 70 years, Probably he's been to to get to certain truths, to a certain level of truth in this Olam Hasheker. He's been able to figure out a little bit, at least, the, the foolishness and the falseness of the materialistic world. And it's this emes, this truth, that's the real life that we're drawing from these 70 faces of the Torah. However, for a person to really, really clarify the truth, the truth of the Torah and the truth about life can only be by connecting to the Tzadik Ho'emes, who is this holy elder, all of them are about whom the Pasuk says, ze, uh, ze the Gemara says, this is one who has acquired real Chachma. As the Pasuk says, Mishle, acquire Chachma. So the term Kenei, Kinyan, Ze Kono refers to Emes. The Gemara says, Ze Kono refers to Ze Kono Chachma. But Rav Nosenzal has stressed throughout these pages that the most important Chachma that a person needs to acquire is the emes, the real emes. That's what the Torah is real about. That that's a person who's a big chacham, but doesn't know the truth about life and about other things. What is that chachma worth? Any questions, please? Now, Rav Nosenzal continues the same halacha, but under another header. He's going to introduce another topic to this halacha. Paragraph Chavov. And with this we understand the mitzvah that a Jew is required to teach their, his son Torah and also his grandson. Shenemar v'hoidatom levanecha v'levnevanecha. As the Pasuk says, you will inform, you will enlighten your sons and your grandsons. Because the main reason why the Torah commands us to, to bring children into the world is to increase Hashem's kovoid, Hashem's name. Because by a person having children, even when that person leaves the world, they leave behind a name and a memory. Their name and memory remains in the world. 
as the Torah says regarding a brother marrying his brother's wife, if if Reuven was married to Rachel and Reuven died without having any children with Rachel, then there's a mitzvah for Shemayim to marry Rachel in in order which is called Yibum so that Ruvain's name will not be erased permanently from the Jewish nation in order that, that Shimon will have a child with Rachel and they'll name that child Ruvain so that Ruvain's name will continue in the world. Now Rav Nosanzar makes a very important point. What we said till now, everybody knows. Of course, Rav Nosanzal says, the main reason for having children isn't so that my name should remain in the world. Because what is a person considered during his lifetime? And certainly after death, what, what are we? Why, why do we want my name to remain after I leave the world? What is it going to do for me if my name will remain in the world? Just the opposite. The Torah makes fun of that. As it says in chapter 49 in Tehillim, they call their names from the ground, in the ground. So it's not about my name remaining in the world. The main mitzvah of making sure that a person leaves behind children in the world so that their name should remain in the world is in order to increase Hashem's name, in order to, to glorify Hashem's name and respect for Hashem. Because we, the Jewish people, are included in the name of Hashem. The word Yisrael has Hashem's name in it. And the more the Jewish nation increases in size, every new child that's born, Hashem's name and Hashem's kovoid increases. Because Hashem's name is partnered with our name. And this is why we say that a person, the mission of a Jew in this world is to complete his name, to fulfill out the person's name, which is the person's soul and life, so that so that my name will be able to connect and become attached to and become part of the name of Hashem. So that Hashem's name will be glorified and sanctified through me. Rabbi Nosanzal says, now we understand why it says in Reish's Chachma and in other Sforim that when a person passes away, 
and comes before the heavenly court, the first question that they ask the person is, what's your name? Because in the person's name is included everything about the person. Everything that that person did throughout their entire life. By all the good deeds that a person does throughout their life, that's how the person completes their name. They fulfill their name, their mission, which is their name. And that will also determine the person's ability to remember their name after they pass away. When they're asked by the heavenly court, what's your name? To be able to answer correctly. And this is why the earlier rabbis established a, a, a halacha, a custom in Klal Yisrael. That the sons recite Kaddish for their father and mother. Because if you take a look at the words in the Kaddish, it's all about glorifying the name of Hashem. As we say, May Hashem's great name be elevated and sanctified. May Hashem's great name be blessed. Because this is the real tikkun for the soul of the person who passed away. When that person is zoicha, that their children or their relatives that say Kaddish <coughs> elevate and sanctify Hashem's name. And this is the real reason and the main reason why we're supposed to have children, why a person needs to leave behind children after they leave the world. And this is why the Torah tells us a parent is required to teach their children Torah. Because the real glorifying of Hashem's name by producing children, by bringing new children into the world, is only through the connection to the Torah which is the name of Hashem. The, the Gemara says that Torah is kul of It's all the names of Hashem. The And the more that a person's children are involved in studying the Torah and fulfilling the Torah, that elevates and increases and glorifies the name of Hashem more and more. And this is why the Torah tells us a man is required to teach his son and his grandson. Because we already explained earlier, while Yidei Shemavarer Ho Emes Minasheker Daiko. 
that the way that we really glorify Hashem's name through our Torah and mitzvahs in this world is by us clarifying the truth from within all the falseness. And this is what the mitzvah of learning Torah throughout a person's life, day and night, is all about. And to teach one's children and grandchildren. It's all about clarifying the truth, revealing and clarifying the truth from within this Olam HaSheker. Because it's very, very difficult to clarify the truth. And a person needs to work very, very hard throughout their entire life. To, to, so that the person will be to succeed on their level, within their domain, in clarifying some of the truth. <coughs> because the real, real truth, the real complete truth, will only be able to be revealed in the end, at the end of the Golas completely. As the Posikes says, Spas emes tikoin lo'ad. The truth will be established, will be in future tense. Rak ato mevarer kol echod eze b'china v'chele kefi avoidosoi. However, now, each and every one of us is involved on our level, within our arena, in clarifying whatever emes we possibly can based on our Torah and mitzvahs. Like, for example, in, in the revealed part of the Torah, in the Gemara, in the Halacha, one person is to clarify certain Halachas, one person is to learn Orachayim, which has all the laws that a person encounters on a daily basis of their life, and another person's involved in learning Chosh Mishpat, the laws that pertain to money matters. And another person's involved in studying Yeridea. But we understand that what we are doing on our level is not perfect, is not complete. Because the Gemara tells us that nowadays, after the destruction of the Churban Beis Hamikdash, there's no such thing as real, real, clear halacha and Mishnah. However, despite that, each and every single Jew is required to work to try one's best to clarify and to be able to bring out the correct halacha, the final halacha, <coughs> the way we observe it. <laughs> to clarify some halachas, to get to the truth 
on that person's level. That's on the on the level of halacha and Torah Shabanikla, the revealed Torah. Mikolshkin the Kolshkin the Pnimius Hatorah. How much more so this is true when we talk about the inner inner part of the Torah, the secrets of the Torah. Mikolshkin the Kolshkin the Kium Hatorah, and especially if we want to talk about fulfilling the Torah. That's the main thing. That's the most important thing. In these next words now, Rav Nosazal is clarifying the ultimate, ultimate purpose of, of Torah, of serving Hashem, which is to, to, to study the advice and all the tricks that a person needs to know in this world, how to deal with the with the opposition, with the Yetzirah, and to really, really be motivated and inspired to fulfill the Torah, the Kaimes HaTorah, and to be solid regarding one's emes, one's truthfulness throughout one's entire life, that study is very, very deep. To, to be zoichet, to learn the eitzos that a person needs and the tricks that a person needs to know, how to be able to succeed in Yiddishkeit in this world. And it's impossible for a person to get to know that, to achieve that, Without tremendous effort, and to stay very close, to spend a lot of time staying close to the dust of the feet of the true Talmidi Chachamim. <coughs> when you're right near a person, as they walk, they kick up dirt, you, you get that dirt. If you're standing a little bit further away, you don't get it. And that's the terminology that's used in Pirkei Avos. Have a misavek ba'afar that share in the dust that comes up from their feet of the Talmud Chachamim. Meaning, walk with them, spend time, and stay close to them. And if a person does this, <coughs> a person does this. Then they'll be zeichet to clarify some portion of the emes again on their level within their world. Question in the chat: But why hasn't the Breslov Derech produced any major poiskim, despite this emphasis on clarifying halacha? To the best of my knowledge, Breslov has produced. Very, very, very bright people in halacha, in halacha, in Torah Shebenikla and Torah Shebenista. Rav Zal and some of the other Talmidim of Rav Zal were giants in all facets of Torah, especially in halacha. Rav Nachman Shirin was a poisek, a major, major poisek. And the other rabbis also were very knowledgeable in the area of halacha. And so too, our Rebbe, Rav Rosenfeld, Zechrein of Rocha, Yoyre Yoyre Yodni Yodin, 
perfectly, very, very well versed in all four sections of Shulchan Aruch. And today, Kanai Nahorah, even more than before, there are quite a number of Poiskin in Breslev, in, in Yerushalayim, in Beit Shemesh, in other places, Baruch Hashem, the, the Limur of Halacha, there's always room for, for growth, but Baruch Hashem, there are quite a bit of Rabbonim in the shul that I daven in, in uh, where I live, in Gushmonim. Recently, they crowned a, 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 a Rav of the shul. His name is Rabbi Yaakov Shlomo Mosesen, Shlita, who is a Poisek. He was originally the leader of a community of several hundred families of Hasidic Gur. He became a Kur of Tabreslav maybe 10, 15 years ago. Spectacular Talmud Chacham in Halacha, in Nigla, in Istar, or Hashem. Yes. Uh, I heard that Chazanish said Mamash Lukutamara is stable and stipler also. So even though maybe they wasn't so openly, uh, you know, Breslov, but really, really attached to the Breslov Torah. Myself, when I had the privilege of meeting Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zechron of Rocha, with my Rebbe, Rav Michal, Zechron of Rocha, and the question was raised about moving the kever of Rabbi Nachman, and Rav Moshe's first response was, maybe this is an opportunity, maybe the fact that the Russians are planning on building these large apartment buildings over there, and there's a risk of destroying the kever completely, maybe this is an opportunity to move him to Eretz Yisrael. And when Reb Michal told him, but his Talmud Mufak, Reb Nosenzal writes, that this is the place that was chosen from the time of creation for Rabbeinazal to be buried here. And Rabbeinazal gave us a little bit of an inkling as to why he wanted specifically to be there. Reb Moshe's response was, if that's the case, may the will of the holy tzaddik be fulfilled. Whatever is his will, if he wants to remain there, you know, whatever it is. That was the wording that this person used who would seem not to have had any contact with Hasidus and certainly not with Breslau. And yet showed that kind of respect. I saw the same thing when it came to Rav Pinchas Taitz, Zechren of Rocha, who was also a Poisek, a major Poisek, one of the leaders, Torah leaders in the United States of America in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. He was on the presidium of, of Agudas Yisrael and, and many other things. And when, when I had the privilege of spending time with him, when he spent time with me and my brother-in-law, he spoke afterwards. We invited him to come and attend the yard site of my Rebbe, Zechon Avrachorav Rosenfeld, which was Yud Aleph Kislev. And it came out on a Moitzoy Shabbos night that year. And he told me that he would love to attend. <laughs> However, he has a kvias. He's been giving a shear for 20 or 30 years on the radio called Daf HaShavua, where he would teach a blot of Gemara every Moitzoy Shabbos. And he had an audience of about 20 to 30,000 listeners. He taught this in Yiddish. And there were, again, thousands of Jews 
who had been through the Holocaust, Yiddish speakers, who who couldn't get to shuls necessarily, some of them, or if they did, they they weren't. This was an opportunity that he would learn Gemara with them every week for a, a, an hour on Moitzoy Shabbos. And he said to me, I'll do better than attending the suit of the art side. I'm going to dedicate the shir, Le'ili Nishmas Yorebi. And when he spoke at the time, in, in introducing the shir, he said that we're dedicating tonight's shir, Le'ili Nishmas Horav Hatzadik Hagoin Horav Tziari Ben Siem Rebbe Yisrael Abba, And he said, I had the privilege of meeting some of his Talmidim, and he spoke very, very highly, very respectfully about having had the opportunity of meeting Talmidim of Rav Rosenfeld, <coughs> A question in the chat, are there any exceptions regarding moving Rabbi Nachman's kever? The Chidah was moved from Levorna Teretz Yisrael. The answer is that at the time, the decision was that if we see tractors moving, coming in, if we see that they're actually about to destroy the kever, then you are allowed to move it. That's number one. It's told about the Vilna Goyen, and several other tzaddikim, that when people attempted to remove their bones and take it to, 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 to that, that the people involved got hurt physically, either died or got hurt, and they understood that they, they shouldn't tamper with it. It's not what should be done. There are cases where it's allowed, where it's permissible, but it, it requires it requires the guidance of a true Talmud Chacham. As far as the Chidozal, I know that it was done, and, and yet I, I was told, even 50 years ago, when I first started coming to Israel, that because it was moved from its original place, that's the reason why many, many religious people don't go there. They don't go anywhere near as much as they would if it were the original burial site. Rabbi, we mentioned about uh, the question that Neshama has asked about its name. And there's a minag to mention Sukkim at the end of Shemona Esrei. Um, can you can you talk about that? Yes. The Shema Kodesh, I believe, is one of the first ones to mention this, and it's mentioned in many svarim. That one of the ways that a person can be assured that when they leave the when they pass away and they come before the heavenly court and they're asked their name, they'll be able to answer in the affirmative. They'll be able to to remember their name because the fear, the terror that an Ashama experiences in coming before that heavenly court, we know when a person is very, very frightened, they, they can forget even their name, you know, chas v'shalom. So it's brought that a person, when a person is completing Shmon Esrei, right before they say the words, Yihu l'rotz and imre thiva, you know, Hashem tzuri v'goyali, they should say psukim from Tehillim that begin and end with the same beginning letter and last letter of the person's name. And, or names, if they have two names or more names, to, to say a posse to him, for example, the, the, the name Nussan 
there's a Pasuk, Ner Elohim Nishma Sodom, Choyf, it's called Chadre Boten. The name Yaakov, there's, there's a Pasuk, Yan Chashem Beyond Sorrow, Yisagev Chashem Elokei Yaakov. So it's a Pasuk that begins with and ends with the, the same, the, the first and last letters of a person's name. <coughs> and it, it's brought in Shulchan Aruch as a very, very advisable thing for a person to do. Rabbi, since we're talking about other other tzaddikim, I, I mentioned in the chat that there's a sefer called Shivchot Shal Tzaddik that is quotes from other from other rabbis about Rabbeinu. Is that uh, a sefer that's recommended? Definitely, definitely. I I, I actually was about to I was going to say it, and it slipped my mind for a moment. It's good you're reminding me. This is a sefer that was put together by one of the major Talmidei Chachamim in Breslov in Yerushalayim. Reb Chaim Shlomo Rattenberg, who he himself was the son of, is the son of a Hasidish Rebbe in, in America. <coughs> and he was supposed to be the next, the next Rebbe after his father passed away. And he became a Kurov to Breslov. He became a Breslov Chassid. And he felt that he was better off being a Chassid in Breslov than being a Rebbe somewhere else. And he was very knowledgeable in the world of Hasidim, both modern day and in the past. And he put together this Sefer, which has quotes from the, the full spectrum of leaders of Hasidus and also the Litvish world, such as the Chazoinish and others, statements that they made uh, about Breslov, showing great respect to Rabbeinazal, Rabnosenzal, and their Talmidim afterwards. And I know he put out one edition first, and then he put out a newer edition years later where he added many more things to it. It's a beautiful sefer that has authentic, and in each quote, he writes exactly who it was heard from and when exactly how this information was gotten. Rav Nosenzal continues. So again, he's stressing here that this limud of Eitzos to be able for a person to be given the, have the advice that they need, how to navigate in this world, how to deal with all the challenges that each and every individual person has, all the ups and downs, this is very, very deep, and a person cannot acquire that knowledge without tremendous struggle, and spending a lot of time close to the true We know that Rav Nelson Zal, from when he was born, you know, even before he became, entered the world of Hasidus, was very close to his rabbis, his father, his father-in-law, his grand, who are all Talmidei Chachamim. And then he spent six years going to different leaders of the world of Hasidus at that time, and again, being very close to them, spending quality time with all of them, both listening to their Torah and observing, watching all the ways, all of their behavior. And then he met Rabbi Nazar, and we have a little bit of information in this forum that we have, about 
how much effort Rav Nassim put into spending quality time with Rabbi Nassim, besides listening to the official shurim, how much time he spent asking questions and listening and learning and, and spending time with Rabbi Nassim's Talmidim, with all of his friends, and learning as much as he could, things that he missed. He wasn't there at the time, etc. How much effort was put into gleaning, getting every word he could, every iota of, of knowledge and shimush chachomim. Rav Nosazal adds now, Avoladayim tzrichim levarer ho'emes yoiser ve'yoiser b'chol dor v'dor. However, with all the great rabbis that we've had throughout all of these generations, from the time of Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, and Moshe Rabbeinu, and Yehoshua, and the Nevi'im, and the Tanoim, and Amoiroim, and the Rishonim, and the Achroinim, all of these thousands and thousands of rabbis and tzaddikim who are all involved in trying to clarify the emes of the Torah, Rav Nosanzal says, we still need to work on this, on clarifying the emes more and more in each and every single generation. Just on one level alone, we know that there are new inventions in every generation. Electricity, other things, scenarios that come up now that didn't come up necessarily in the past. Travel, the level of travel that people are able to do today within the same day to be in two different parts of the world, two different time zones and everything which affect different halachas. That's just in the world of, of halacha. Besides all other facets of Yiddishkeit, the challenges that we have today, which Jews didn't have 50 years ago, 100 years ago. And this is why it's so important for each and every person to have children and grandchildren. So that each and every single person will be involved in clarifying the truth. Each and every person based on their study of Torah and their serving Hashem. <coughs> through their Bechira, through their making the proper choices. This is why the Arizal mentions in several places that in order to clarify, in order to extract the holy sparks that have fallen into darkness, into tumult, in order to extract those holy sparks and elevate them and return them to holiness, it cannot possibly be accomplished in one single generation. We have to be involved in doing this throughout our entire life until each and every single one of us will succeed in accomplishing a portion of this, part of this. And this process continues in each and every single generation until this beer will be completed, this sorting out of the truth from the Shekhar, this sorting out the holy sparks from within the Tumah that they're found. 
And when we will complete our portion of what's need, what needs to be done in this, then Moshiach will come. Ayin Shon, take a look in the Kisvi Arizal, where the Arizal speaks about this many times. Question in the chat. If the place of Rabbeinu Zalzkever had been chosen from the time of creation, why does it say in Chaim Aran that when Rabbeinu Zal contracted tuberculosis, he initially thought <coughs> of coming to Eretz Yisrael in order to pass away over there? It says there that only the only thing that stopped him was the fact that people wouldn't come to his kever so much. It's true that Rabbeinu Zal was deliberating this thing there was discussion of the different options. But once, once it became clear exactly where Rabbein Azal was going to pass away, the way Rabbein Azal describes, <coughs> how they moved from one location to the other location in Oman during the five months or so that Rabbein Azal spent there. And when they came to the final apartment where Rabbein Azal stayed, the final house where Rabbein Azal passed away, there was a whole discussion at the time as to exactly where his bed should be positioned. And they tried all different kinds of things until they had to move a certain piece of furniture and place the bed there. And then Rabbi Nezal said, this is the place. And at the time, they didn't realize, what's the big deal? What? And when, when they saw that Rabbi Nezal passed away in that bed, in that precise location, that's when they understood completely that there was incredible, incredible significance, significance and importance into exactly where Rabbein Azal had to be when his neshama left him. And, and then afterwards, regarding the actual burial site, exactly the place where he would be buried, where we see today, if we just look at what's going on, the hundreds of thousands of Jews throughout the generations and just in recent years alone, that, that go through such mesiras nefesh to go to this kever, to visit the kever of Rabbein Azal, to say the Tikhna Kloli there. Throughout this war with Russia and the Ukraine, most other holy sites in Ukraine, people are not necessarily going to visit because there's a war going on. And yet we see that the incredible deep respect for Rabbein Azal, Rabbein Azal's words, and the guarantee that he gave for a person who would come to his kever and, and recite the 10 chapters of Tehillim there, every day there are people going there, going and coming from Eretz Yisrael, from America, from all over the world, people going to Uman. And Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, the war has not affected that area in, in any severe way, putting people's lives at risk as in other places in Kiev and Odessa and other places, Rachman al-Itzlan, and people going, taking children there who want to go there under the age of seven years old to say the Tikhanat Loli there. We see that there's obviously incredible, incredible significance in this spot, this holy place. The Iker Birur Kol Nitzutzel Rav Nosenzal tells us now that when the Arizal uses this wording, the Arizal and the Zohar Kodesh and the Sifrei Kabbalah about birur nitzoitzois, 
clarifying and sorting out these holy sparks, what it's really about on our level is clarifying the emes, constantly trying to understand the emes of life and the emes of the Torah. Because these holy sparks are holy sparks of, of the truth of Hashem. Because the terminology that's used is that these sparks are a portion of Hashem himself. And Hashem is defined as emes. It's just that these holy sparks have fallen to whatever places they've fallen into. And the, the main cause of these holy sparks falling into tumor, into impurity, into all kinds of dark places is the result of the sin of Adam Arishain and the sins of all these subsequent generations. The Dor Hamabul, the Dor Hafloga, Shteboim Alidei Atzas Hanochosh, which was all brought about as a result of following the advice of the snake, Atzas Sheker, the 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 false advice, Shemate Saodam Bishkorov Uchsova Vatoisov Umirmoisov Belishir, the Sotam the Itzahoro who fools and tricks people with all kinds of lies and phoniness and fakeness of all types. To the point where he causes the person to stumble in the way that people stumble. And causes people to become distant from the truth. That's what's caused all of these holy sparks to fall these holy sparks, which are pieces of the truth, to fall to whatever places they fall in. We'll just finish the paragraph. And this is why all of the evil people or people who are far from the emes in all kinds of places where these holy spark, where, where the holiest sparks are found, when the person does not succeed in purifying, in elevating those holy sparks, the person ends up falling further down and doing more sins and worse sins and the person ends up stumbling and, and opposing the truth in, in greater ways. This is what this term, fallen sparks, which means pots, particles of truth, as a result of these holy sparks falling, <coughs> that causes people to exchange the truth for falseness, for lies. And as a result of this mistaken truth, people who have perverted the truth, <coughs> the person ends up doing what they're doing. And persecuting and attacking 
the pure emes. Because this person claims that he knows the truth. He's the real truth. <clears throat> and all of this is because of these sparks, these holy sparks, which are particles of truth, which are inside this person, but in a fallen state. <clears throat> And this is what allows this person to pervert things, to call evil good and to call light darkness. As it says clearly in Yeshaya Hanovi, Woe is to those people who call bad good and <clears throat> And they call good, they call good bad. They turn light into darkness. They, they call light darkness and they call darkness light. Rav Nosenzal here is referring to the opposition, the terrible, terrible opposition against Rabbeinazal and against him during his lifetime by supposedly religious people who, who are claiming that they know the real Yiddishkeit. They're observing Yiddishkeit properly. And the Breslavists are, are, are wrong and terrible and deserve to be persecuted. And this is the, our mission throughout our entire lives. This Biro Ho'emes, clarifying the truth. Not just in our lives, <coughs> But this is the mission of generations, of all the generations of the Jewish people. Levarer ho'emes, to clarify the truth. Al yedei tikun ma'asav, by working at doing the right thing, by trying constantly to improve and correct our ways, and to get better and better. And this is what the Arizal and the Sifrei Kabbalah are referring to when they use this term, clarifying and repairing these holy sparks, which every single person has to be involved in doing. And this is why we've come down to this world. And this is why it's so important for a person to have children, <clears throat> because this process cannot be accomplished by any single individual or by any single generation. It takes generation after generation. It's all about clarifying and purifying the truth. Which is glorifying and, and elevating the name of Hashem. He emes Hashem li'olam, because Hashem is the truth eternally forever. The and the seal of Hashem is emes. We'll hold it over here for now. We're not finished. Rav Nosenzal is going to clarify this topic of emes much more in, in the next paragraphs. Any questions before we close? Baruch Hashem, Chazdi Hashem, we started up again. We should be zorichet to learn every day another page, another page of this Sefer of Emes.
the, the clarity of Emes that Rav Nosenzal was there to receive from Rav and he himself worked so hard after Rav passing to learn and keep learning and keep clarifying, clarifying Rav Svarim, presenting it in a way that makes it easier for us to be able to, to get to our Emes. To see the, the final bureau with the coming of Moshiach, the Binyan Beis Hamitosh, Bimher of Yameinu, Amen Vyamein. Amen. Thank you, Rav Nassim. There was yes. a question in the chat. How did the person clarify the Emes through doing the right thing? In order to do the right thing, they already have to know the Emes. The answer is this question comes up all the time. Rabbi Nassim and Rav Nassim mention it. Wherever a person starts, there's, there's a train. A leads to B and B leads to C and C leads to A. So, so where do I start? The answer is wherever a person jumps in. Every good deed that a person tries to do, every mitzvah that a person tries to do with sincerity, with honesty, even if they're making mistakes, that's part of this bureau of the Emmas. Every good deed, every penny to tzedakah, every every word of Torah and word of Tehillim, every mitzvah that a woman does in teaching her children about faith in Hashem, every single mitzvah, every single good deed that's done is part of this, even if it's not with the purest emes. And this leads a person, if a person is sincere and honest, then why that, that this will all help to clarify the emes? It's too long to go into the whole story because we, but we've mentioned it several times. The Balshemta have once met a person who had never really learned, and this person would say the entire sitter every day, the weekday davening and the Shabbos davening and the Rosh Hashanah davening and the Emkit. And at one point, the Balshemta clarified to the person that this was a mistake. This was a mistake. There's certain things that you say in the morning and certain things in the afternoon and certain things in the evening. And then somehow the person lost the, 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 the places that the Baal Shem Tev had showed him and he went running after the Baal Shem Tev and the Baal Shem Tev saw this person perform miracles on the same level as the Baal Shem Tev. And the Baal Shem Tev saw that. He told him, forget what I told you. Continue doing what you are doing. Because even though it was a mistake, it was, according to Halacha, it was 100% improper. But for this person, his sincerity was so pure that this was, was beloved by Hashem, not just beloved, but it was able to elevate him to be able to copy a miracle that only somebody of the caliber of the Baal Shem Tev could perform. He was able to accomplish the same miracle with his sincerity, with his tamimus and pshitos. So as long as a person is really trying to be sincere and humble and pure and not speak against and not go against in any way possible, any tamidich hachamim, every iota of effort they're putting in is, is positive, is good. Even though they're not yet on the, the, on the level of emes, not, not even their own emes. Yeah, Shukriya, Rabbi Nassim.